Welcome to episode 153 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. If you saw the title today and were like, what is Kim going to say today? I promise you, I have a point and we are going somewhere with this discussion. (laughs) I did just get back from Graceland, so Elvis was on my brain. A quote I read from him on the wall there um, is what I used to kind of introduce our topic today. The main thrust of the discussion is going to be around the importance of you, you believing that you can make the changes that you would like to make so that you can reach your fitness goals. That is what we are talking about today. Before we head into the episode, remember, two weeks from today, Thursday, August 25th, the doors open to Fitter After 40. If you have been looking for someone, something to help you finally make the changes that you want to make, whether those changes are improving your health, getting stronger, losing weight, and you're a woman over 40, this eight-week course is for you. I took all of the best practices I used when I was coaching one-on-one and put them into a group program so that it is at a lower price point and so that you have peer support and accountability. You'll spend lots of time working with me as well. Excited to bring this program to you. Get on the wait list. It's a great way to get a discount and some extra bonuses. I will put the link in the show notes. You can also find the link in my bio on Instagram and on my website at Kimschlag Fitness. All right, on to the episode. Hello, hello, my friend. It is good to be with you here today. Had a great week. Um, Had some fun things happen. I'm always really excited when the women that I work with reach um, some performance goals. And I've had two women just in the past few days who got their very first push-ups. And I was thrilled about that. My client, uh, Dr. Jen Gunter, I don't know if if you're not following Dr. Jen Gunter and you're a woman in her forties, you absolutely should be. Jen and I have been working together for over a year now, and she's been working hard on pushups, had a really big setback, um, broke some ribs, then had COVID. And just the other day she did her very first pushup. It looked incredible. And then one of my former Fitter After 40 members currently in my membership called the Aging Stronger Society. Her name is Elizabeth and she has been working hard at her pushups, didn't think she could do any. And she did multiple beautiful pushups earlier this week. And I just could not be more thrilled. Those are the kind of things that just, they give me chills. It, it gives me chills. So I'm really proud about that. And so remember, if you're somebody who wants to do pushups, think about these stories. Elizabeth was working many months, at least six months, maybe longer. I'm trying to remember how long Elizabeth's working on them. It's been a while. And Jen worked for over a year to get hers. This is really common. So it's not like, it's not like you go in the gym and you do a few workouts and then you can do a push up. It depends on your current level of upper body strength. When you really start working to get your first push up, uh, how soon you'll get it. But multiple months is typically the short end. And up to a year or a little more is on the, on the longer side, but it's not a quick process, but you can absolutely do it. Both of those ladies, by the way, in their fifties. All right. Uh, then the other fun thing I visited Graceland. I was really excited. My daughter's become a big Elvis fan, uh, since the new Elvis movie has come out she wanted to go see Graceland. And my mom lives in Tennessee, not anywhere near Graceland, but we took a day trip together 
and went over to Elvis's home of Graceland. Cannot recommend it highly enough. If you're a music fan, if you're an Elvis fan, it's really well done. Not only do you get to see the whole house, which looks exactly like it did when Elvis and Priscilla lived there. It looks it's beautifully restored um, and you get to see the grounds, but there's also this incredible museum area. It's uh, a museum is not is not capturing what it was, multiple museums, so many exhibits of all kinds of, you know, his film career and his time in the military and just the history of um, him recording, really incredible. And on one of the walls, there was a quote from Elvis that said, I've never gotten over what they call stage fright. I go through it every show. And I find that jaw-dropping because it's estimated that Elvis performed 1,684 concerts. And it could be more because like no one was really paying attention in the beginning to how many concerts he was doing, right? 636 of them were in Vegas alone during his Vegas years. Can you imagine getting up on that stage every night, many times, multiple times in a night, many times, and being afraid every time? And I was thinking like, what if Elvis had allowed that fear to stop him from performing? Like, I can't imagine the impact that would have had on music. One of the exhibits they had at Graceland was called Icons. And it was this big room full of stage outfits from performers of every variety. I do mean every variety, along with quotes about how Elvis had impacted them and their careers. We're talking everyone from John Lennon to Kiss, you know, like the band Kiss, to Elton John, Reba McIntyre, Blake Sheldon, Michael Buble, Justin Timberlake, Bruce Springsteen. And actually there's a fun story about, about Bruce. He has been quoted as saying, I couldn't imagine not wanting to be Elvis Presley. He's been a fan of Elvis since he was seven years old and saw him on the Ed Sullivan show. And in fact, he once tried to break into Graceland to meet Elvis. This is a true story. 1976, Bruce is touring in Memphis, decides to drive by Graceland late at night. It's like three in the morning. Sees that the lights are on and jumps the fence. He's going to go meet Elvis. <laughs> well, he was not successful in meeting the king. He was stopped by security guards just as he was about to ring the doorbell. Luckily for him, he was not arrested. And he never did meet Elvis, sadly enough. Legend after legend shared in that exhibit the impact that Elvis had on them. What would rock and roll, what would music be like without Elvis if he didn't perform because he was scared? Do you ever think about the things you're afraid of in that way? Like what happens if I let fear keep me from doing the things that I feel drawn to do, feel called to do, feel inspired to do, or just like have this itch to do? What happens if I don't do it? So like maybe the history of the world doesn't change or not if, if, you, if you don't do it. But your history certainly will, as will those, the history of those who you personally impact or could impact, kids, spouse, friends, other people in your circles, big and small, that you don't even know you could impact. Midlife and menopause can be such a time for expansion, a time where we as women step through our fear or perhaps step out in spite of it and do things big things and small things that perhaps younger us would not have dared to do. I think that's kind of like one of our superpowers we gain as we age years upon years of experiences that help us to see we'll be okay if things don't go as we planned, that we can pivot as needed. Like how many times have you had to pivot in your life? 
Now, if you hear this and you can't relate to it yet, if in your own mind, you're not like a particularly um, brave person, I can so relate to that. Until my mid forties, I would have never used the word brave to describe myself like in a million bajillion years. I actually thought of myself as quite weak and fearful. Perhaps the biggest difference maker for me in terms of becoming a braver person, becoming a person who would do scary things, was getting physically stronger. I am not exaggerating when I say that strength training changed my life. It literally changed my life. I started to see that week over week, I was able to physically do things that I could not do before. So like, oh, I couldn't lift that particular weight last Tuesday more than one time. And now I just did it eight reps. That feeling of I can do things that I couldn't do really recently, that spilled out into my non-gym life. There was this sense of like, I can do hard things. I sang a solo for the first time in my life. My voice teacher had been after me for like a year to do it. And I finally said, yes, I picked an Italian aria, no less. I studied for my PT certification. I started my business. I built a website from scratch by myself. I began posting fitness stuff on social media eventually. And you might think like, that's old hat for me. And it is now. But back in 2014, it most certainly was not. I was stunned to see people begin to following me. Like a few hundred at first, and then a few thousand, then tens of thousands. And for a long time, a long time, I would hit post on a piece of content and then drop the phone and run away. <laughs> I kid you not. I am not kidding. I was terrified every time I posted something, but I did it every dang day. And then I threw the phone and I ran. <laughs> Lots of steps I got in running from my own iPhone. If you are someone who doesn't feel brave, but wants to, I cannot recommend lifting weights highly enough. It is like a secret portal to bravery and confidence. All right, let's switch gears just a tiny bit here. One of the things that women tell me holds them back from achieving their fitness goals is fear. Fear of looking dumb in the gym, fear of not knowing what they're doing, fear that they'll be uncomfortable or that it's going to be hard. And often the fear that they just aren't capable of making the change that they want. Does that resonate with you? Did you know that your brain is literally remaking itself all the time. It's true. Have you ever heard of the term neuroplasticity? Neuroplasticity describes the fact that connections in your brain are always either being formed or being eliminated. This gives your brain the ability to learn and do new things. It's amazing, right? So these connections in your brain, you're either strengthening them or weakening them all the time. And this is, this is how you can change. I want you to grab a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil. Oh, wait a minute. Get something to write with, or you can grab your notes app on your phone. Either of those is fine. Okay. Go find something. I will wait a minute. When you come back, you can pause this if you want, if I haven't given you enough time to get your paper and pen, really get it. <laughs> Take a second. I want you to think of your main fitness goal could be a physique goal, could be a performance goal, could be a health goal, write that goal down, okay? On your paper, with your pen, write it down or type it in your notes app. Think about the changes that reaching that goal will require once you've written it down, okay? So write the goal down, 
and then write down what are some of the changes that that goal will require of you. And you might not be totally clear on all of them right now, and that's fine. I'll pause this and give that some thought. What's your main goal? And what are some of the changes you might have to make? And then come on back. I will be here waiting for you. Push pause. All right. Do you believe in your ability to make those changes? That's the question I want you to ponder. I want you to think of it on a scale of one to 10, with one being no way, not happening, I can't do it. And 10 being like easy peasy, I got this. How confident are you that you can make the changes you need to reach your goal? Okay, one to 10. I want you to write the number down. One to 10. Think about that main fitness goal that you wrote down. Think about some of those changes that you think it requires. Maybe you don't know them all yet. And then give yourself a rating, one to 10, in your belief, in your ability to make those changes. Okay, you got it? Write that number down, somewhere one to 10. Now, the next thing I want you to do is write down on that paper why you didn't pick a number that is two digits lower than the number you did pick. Let me say that again. I want you to write down reasons why you didn't pick a number that is two digits lower than the number you did pick. Let me give you an example. Let's say the goal I wrote down, my main fitness goal is that I wanna reduce my cholesterol. And maybe I'm not totally sure yet what exactly that entails, but I know that it's going to involve changing my diet a bit and adding in some exercise. Okay. So I know I'm going to need to change my diet, going to need to add in some exercise. And then I think, okay, on that scale of one to 10, how confident am I that I'll be able to make those changes to my diet and adding in exercise? And I'm going to give myself a five. Okay. I'm just making this up by the way. Now, I'm going to think about number five. I'm going to go back two digits. What's two digits before five? Little math here. It's three, right? Now I'm going to write down why I said five and not three. All right. Maybe I'd say it's because I like to walk and I don't do it much now, but I have a friend in the neighborhood who does walk and it could be like not so bad to join her a few times a week for a walk. Like I could see myself doing that. And so that's why I rated myself higher than the three. And once I had to change my diet because I had reflux that was acting up and I had to make some pretty significant changes to my diet. And I was able to do that. And that's why I said five and not three. Got it. Okay. So you're going to pause this again. You're going to write down the reasons why you did not say the number that is two digits lower than the number you picked. Okay. Why did you pick six and not four? Why did you pick three and not one? Why did you pick two and not zero? Why did you pick seven and not five? All right, pause this and come back. Okay, are you back having done that? Don't skip it. I am watching you. What'd you write down? What did you write down? Maybe you wrote about other hard things you've done in your life that aren't fitness related at all, but that you were able to make these hard changes in your career or in your home life. Maybe you wrote that you said the higher number because you have access to a gym. Maybe you said the higher number because you have started trying to eat higher protein recently 
and you're doing it. Like that's going well. There could be loads of different reasons why you chose the higher number and not the lower number. And those reasons you wrote and more that you could keep brainstorming after this. Those are all pieces of evidence that you can make these changes, that you can make the needed changes to reach your health and fitness goals. These are all pieces of evidence. And I want you to remind yourself of that, that you are capable of eating healthier, of learning to strength train, of training more consistently. You are capable of learning to manage your emotions in non-food ways. You are capable of eating some cookies, but not all of the cookies. You are capable of eating more fiber and drinking more water. You are. You're capable of all of those things. And those statements that you wrote down are evidence of that. I want you to keep strengthening that belief that you can make the changes you want to by noticing when you make a choice that's a vote for the person you want to become. Okay, notice that and chalk it up as this is more evidence that I can indeed become that person. And when you make choices that maybe don't lead you towards that U2.0, that is a great time to debrief with yourself and see like, okay, what could I do differently next time this particular situation presents itself? It is a great chance to figure out what to do differently next time. I hope that this has been helpful. It has been great talking with you today. I want you to know that I believe in you. I have worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women in midlife to help them make changes that they wanted to make to improve their fitness. And not one of them has been incapable of making progress. Not one. And you are no different. All right, I'm going to head outside and walk my puppies. Remember that in just two weeks, two weeks from today on Thursday, August 25th, the doors to Fitter After 40 open to the wait list. Inside of Fitter After 40, you'll have everything you need, nutrition guidelines, workouts, accountability, literally everything you need to reach your goal of being Fitter After 40. We'll have weekly Zoom calls together as a group, as part of Fitter After 40. And on those calls, you can get more in-depth coaching on all kinds of topics, including this exercise we just did here today. So it's not just you and the piece of paper and listening to my voice, but you and I could have an actual dialogue back and forth about your goals and what's been keeping you from reaching them and how you can know that you can reach them. You have the answers in your head about what will work in your life. Truly, you do. And my job as your coach will be to help support you in seeing those answers, in uncovering those answers. You can find the link to join Fitter After 40. You can find it in lots of places. I'll put it in the show notes of this episode. You can find it on my website. You can find it in my Instagram bio. Two more weeks till doors open to the wait list. You definitely want to be on the wait list. You're going to get a nice discount and some bonuses if you join after having been on the wait list. All right. I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it motivational, inspirational, educational, organizational. If you did find value in this episode today, it would mean a great deal to me if you would leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to this episode on. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you.